thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and just like I am every week, I've got a smile on my dial because my brother from another mother, the king of wellness, the lover of longevity, my great mate, Dr. Damien Christoph, is with me. Damo, how are you, great man? Great, Pierce. Welcome uh, back to another week. Uh, mate, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's it's always great to be recording, and it's always great to have a great friend. Sammy Gowing, join us today. And I'm going to let you introduce her because you do such a great job with introductions. I'm always blown away by your intro. So thank you, Piercy. Oh, Welcome. Geez, no pressure, no pressure. But yes, it I better be good. The, it better be good because, or, yeah, because you are what? the doyen. You are the doyen of introductions. Oh, you're too kind. Uh, but Ray Martin is for sure. Um, Sam Gowing, <laughs> back on 100 Not Out for I think the fourth time. Australia's premier wellness chef, clinical nutritionist, author of The Healing Feeling, the new book, Gwingana Gourmet, the better half of 100 Not Out Legend, and Australia's king of pop, Normie Rowe, Sammy Gowing. Welcome back to 100 Not Out. What an intro, MP. What an intro. the rest of the year off after that. Welcome. (laughs) See, how good is he? Oh, I just made that one up on the spot. But, Sammy, I haven't asked you this, either in private phone calls or on a public podcast. Do you ever go by Samantha Rowe or are you Samantha Gowing, always will be, always have been, or are you Gowing Rowe? Are you Samantha Grow? What are you these days? <laughs> well, I think you should be asking Norm if he's Norman Gowing. There's already a couple of Sam Rows within his family, so that's – confusing um, already, but no, I'm hanging on to my trade name, Gowing, because it, uh, I'd, I'd have to restitch all of my digital um, appearance. Yes, I yes think, you, you absolutely know. would It's be. more technical than anything else, but uh, the search engines would just collapse if I changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always be Gowser, according to Normie. I love that. Oh, I love that. Did, did anybody ever call Normie Fish? Did they ever call give him the nickname Fish? No. Really? Should I know? Oh, fish row. Fish row. Fish row. I just thought that that was like that. Just oh. kind of. I thought well, that salmon. was. That's way too nutritionally intellectual and nerdy. Salmon row. Yeah, maybe they call it salmon row. Yeah. Hey, um, Sammy, uh, we wanted to have a chat with you at this time of the year because a lot mm. of people right now are diet obsessed. There's also a lot of diet guilt because they were on a diet for a couple of days and now they're off the diet. Now they're beating themselves up because they're off the diet. There are other people that are completely. Uh, ill of health and need a diet like never before and will refuse to go on one because mm. it just seems all too hard. How are you feeling in the middle of January as we record this about uh, society's approach to diet and, and the diet craze, Sammy? Well, I think it just it, it exacerbates the pressure that we've already survived Christmas, the Christmas season, season you know, Christmas shopping, all of that pressure, you finally relax around Christmas a few days afterwards and then you've had so many prawns, you've had so much Christmas pudding and mince pies or whatever floats your boat that you're like, right, righto, that's it for the ham, it's all over, 
I'm going on the straight and narrow. I'm the guiltiest person of doing this, but later in life I've become a little bit more moderate, shall we say. And I think that we need to relax and just enjoy and reap what we've sown across from Christmas time and just let January unfold leisurely, you know. we Half of Australia is on holidays until Australia Day anyway, and then it's all lamb chops and lamingtons, isn't it, on the 26th? So um, I think we need to continue to take the pressure off and perhaps take some of your ancient wisdom from the Greek islands and the other blue zones around doing good things every day and being a bit nicer to ourselves. Because if anything I've noticed, guys, it's really... I'm noticing people's anxiety levels are through the roof and their confusion about what to eat, when to eat, is even greater than it was pre-pandemic. And you would think that we would actually be moving right along, but I think the resistance is still there and the -hmm. confusion. So I say take the pressure off yourself in January. Look at the Feb fast things if that's your thing, but, you know, maybe understanding the motivators around abstinence, abstinence, and, you know, the shock of removing certain food groups all at once. Do you mean abstinence in terms of sex? It didn't take long to get to that, did it? Well, I just, you know, so we never, isn't it just being sober? No, anyway, I think I know what you've been there. So I didn't well, maybe it's sober curious. There's a, there's there we a, go. Are you right. curious? I'm not getting involved uh, in this. book there, Piercy. Oh, is that a glass of have more babies, Piercy. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Now, <laughs> Um, Sam, when you were talking, a few little questions popped up for me. Um, Ham, how long can that last in the fridge for? Oh, pretty long time. Now, the thing about ham, like if we talk, you know, food and food safety and so forth, ensure that you're wrapping your ham either in a cool, wet, damp tea towel, not too wet. What you want to make sure if you've got ham on the bone in the fridge and it's, you know, probably two, three weeks after Christmas, a bit longer nearly, You've got to make sure that that the bone does, isn't going green because what happens is you're pulling that leg of ham in and out, carving it, having what you want, leaving it at room temperature for a minute, popping it back in the fridge. So I, even if you've had a huge leg of lamb, what I notice first is it starts to go manky from the bone inside. Uh-huh. So you've got to be really careful about that. I, I would say now is the latest time. So if you've still got ham in the fridge, I'd be chopping it up into that pan ham soup mm. and um, offloading it. And I would usually do that within the first week or first two weeks of January. Mm. If you've got a little bit of ham left over, you know, certainly slice it over, shred it, throw it into your omelettes and so forth. Just don't puree it into a smoothie. Uh, d- just quickly before Dama asks this question, anyone that just heard that and still has ham, do not eat it because when this comes out, it will be late <laughs> January, early February. So do not eat the ham just because Sammy said so on this episode. All right, back unless, to you, maybe unless the bone hasn't turned green, then it should be yeah. fine. If it's, yeah. Yeah. So I'm my not going to get emails fine. about food poisoning. From <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> my ham was a bit slimy the other day and I thought that might have been a little bit too far. But we just cut below the slime and we were good, so we felt fine state. Look, if you hate it, you know, if you take it from that 4-degree Celsius fridge, yep. take it beyond 60 degrees Celsius, do something, you know, thermally change. Yeah. It's um, Pasteurised. Bang. Just like that. That's what it was. Louis Pasteur did it. He worked it out. Some well, people thought it was Charles Bouchamp who had the right idea, but I think Louis Pasteur nailed that. Oh, Louis, yeah, absolutely. 
God, here we are, you know, Kitchen Hygiene 101. Next. <laughs> uh, you mentioned um, Australia Day and um, lamb. I'm, I'm partial to eggplant personally. Um, oh, nice. No, I'm not. I'm only joking as if. Like, it's. <laughs> I'm glad you said celebrate the lamb because that's what we should be doing and lambingtons, mm-hmm. like exactly. So more of those, like more lamb, double lamb for Australia Day. I'm all over it. Um, Sammy, uh, I love the idea of easing into the year mm. from a food perspective, but I'm also mindful that so many people ease into the year that once the weather changes, um, that they then go, oh, I've kind of missed it this year. I'll start maybe at the end of the financial year or something. And so I, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that as you feel the need to make a small change, then you probably should make that small change. You know what I mean? Like, so if it's, I'm going to cut back at my alcohol. Okay. We'll start that today. You have to make all these other wholesale changes, but if you know that that's one of the things you're going to do, then, you know, kick that off, get that going and then, you know, keep keep moving forward. That's what I'm thinking. And and I couldn't agree more. I actually cut back on alcohol from the middle of November. And the reason was that Norm and I had three weddings last year in various capacities and various parts of the world. And after about nine months of celebration, I was up to here. Mm-hmm. I just felt my, you know, I felt like I'd been left in the fridge for too long. I just felt manky. I was exhausted. My skin was shot, you know, all those symptoms. So I started to cut back and I pretty much cut it out for a while. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's forever. I'm not going to say it's this amount of time. Was I'm, that the abstinence you were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying feeling better and what I love and I hope this resonates with all you guys is I'm enjoying not having the cravings yeah I'm all for the for the blue zone and the career approach that you guys embrace and drinking wine with food it's just you know for some of us it that happy hour creeps in earlier each day particularly over holidays so I knock mine on the head a little bit in November, and by the time this goes to where I might be half cut on Burke Street, <laughs> give me a call. Hey, <laughs> I'm just I'm just sharing. That's that's when I felt it was right for me because I thought if I keep rolling into January, literally rolling down the hill that, that way, um, no one's going to be impressed. So oh. I just felt it was right for me at that time to cut back, and then I just cut most of it out. So what I'm gathering, listening to both of you here, is that there is there is not a, a right time or a wrong time to make a positive decision for your health. There's so much buzz around January, but if it's November because you're up to here, um, like Damo said, you know, if you write it off after January because you just you missed the yeah. point, and then you give yourself a mulligan for 12 months, like that That's could be it. 10 or 20 kilos later. That could be chronic disease. That could be all types of diagnoses because you've just, you know, given yourself a self-proclaimed, you know, missing of the boat. So uh, have we got to, and I'll ask you this first to you, Sammy, have we got to literally ditch the calendar in order to um, not get stuck into, uh, you know, maybe this is a bit of a a pot shot at a Feb fast or a dry July because, you know, there's benefits to them as well, but you, you can't wait until Feb 1 if, you're in November and you're recognising that That's it. time to make That's a shift. Right. So if you've had, you know, maybe an emotional crisis in the middle of January and you're holding out Fed fast, that's not going to be the right time for you. In Australia, of course, we had three to four months, usually of summer, we've had extraordinary rain here for the last couple of weeks. But 
Summer is about, in January, it's about cricket, it's about tennis, it's about hanging out with your mates, it's about daylight savings for half of the country anyway. And that usually lends itself to a couple of cold beers, glasses of wine, lots of salads, lots of beautifully barbecued food, if that's your thing, and maybe pavlovas here and there. So I think, you know, it comes back to eating seasonally. And if that's what we do in our environment by eating maybe later or eating in, you know, daylight hours, then that applies to the seasons. And, you know, that goes hand in hand. It's very Australian throughout January to enjoy that at least until Australia Day when or the end of school holidays, I guess, is is probably more relevant for you guys with kids. I've got a question around um, cleanses and um, the way that diets are often promoted around a time-based, you know, four-week here or six-week there or, again, Feb fast or dry July. There's a real start and an end. And I had a chat with a client just at the end of last year or was it maybe the start of this year, and she was like, oh, I want to do a cleanse. You know, I'm thinking I might do a um, – a cleanse for you know anti-inflammatory and i was like what so like that's that's cool so why do you want to do this and she was like oh oh just someone else was doing it i'm like that that's not really going to you know make it happen i said um because you were speaking about alcohol just then sammy and how you know in Icaria, they love their wine and so on but in Icaria, they will often spend their lent not having coffee or not having wine or not having goat or not having, sure. I don't want to say a vice, but something that brings them pleasure, but they have in their Greek Orthodox lifestyle. Um, and enforce is not even the word. They have a regular opportunity to go without something as a, as a practice of will, discipline, whatever you want to call it. Um, we now in, in modern society that where we don't necessarily worship a God or a thing, we kind of worship a diet and we worship a, a 30 day this. Um, we are now in this, this headspace of doing 30 day challenges and 10 day challenges and Feb fast and dry July's and Movember's. And it's like, I can't keep up with how many themed, <laughs> themed months there are. It's mental health in November and it's, you know, no domestic violence in May. And it's like all of these things feel like a, they, they would want to be just a, a part of life. What's your view in terms of, these more short-term ways to make a change is it is it a healthy thing because it it starts a new behavior or is it is it um what's the word like a false economy because so many people actually struggle to then go back to a healthier lifestyle after the end point like do you know what i'm getting at yeah yeah i do i do and that's like i can put it into context like from a health retreat perspective it's a five-night stay or a three-night stay or a seven-night stay, and that helps the potential guests choose according to their needs, their budget, their time, their travel time, and so forth. So, therefore, the programs in health retreats and luxury resorts and spas obviously are around calendar intake, new guest incoming, turning over um, rooms as such, rooms division, that kind of thing. So that, of course, makes sense that there are some programs that are longer and that guest experience will be greater the longer they stay, the less they cook their own food, the more they eat health retreat style of food. So it definitely works in that sense. The other thing is that fasting and 40-day fast and so forth have been around, you know, pre-biblical eras and I 
and from a yogic perspective, you know, I'm all for fasting and a little bit of discipline. I think it's a great way to to adhere to something, whether you're letting go of one component or one thing that gives you pleasure, as you say, but does it have to have a specific time bracket around it, you know? How long does it take you to feel better when you haven't had, for those that smoke, a cigarette? Now, from my ancient history memory, it was a couple of days, you know. My dad used to say three days, three three weeks, three months for smoking, God forbid. I know alcohol, you know, usually after three or four days, most people feel a lot better and therefore by Friday night they're straight back on the tear after work and so forth. So I think you're right. I think also with the pandemic, it's very hard to stick to a calendar schedule because we work a lot harder, we work longer, and we work at different hours because we're often online throughout the day and evening. You guys probably knock off after school, after dinner and so forth, but I'll know that I'll come down here to the office, do a few more things when it's cooler down here and work for another hour, you know, later at night on occasion or I might teach online because my clientele's overseas. So do do you see what I mean? We've Mm. become more elastic and I think with that it's very hard to say, oh, I'm going to have, you know, three days of sobriety or three days of no chocolate, which would kill Marcus, rather than (laughs) I better have a little bit of a break, I'll have a little bit of time out and I'll just see how how better when I feel a little bit better if if that's five days or so forth. I think it's just hard to keep putting a time um, line Mm. on it because it's such a subjective experience, you know. You might feel dreadful for not drinking, not having sugar, um, taking yourself off, you know, a, a certain group of macronutrients, you might feel dreadful and, you know, bring on this mythical healing crisis, whereas slow release is better. Just cutting back is proven mm. to be a little bit better than, you know, cold turkey. But it depends what you're in for, isn't it, you know? What's your sentence kind of thing? Mm. I've got a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. Um, let's just call him Richard because his name's Richard. Um, <laughs> he um, Every year he goes to Guingana. For two weeks, um, and he he cleans himself out for two weeks, and then he spends the next fifty weeks like nailing himself. And so this is like it's a total. Don't ask my own heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's unbelievable, and I just shake my head at him, and he shakes his head and laughs at me, and um, and it's all oh, funny. But I think that a lot of people think that that's okay, and and that you know does their conscience you know a world of good that they go and they have their clean out and they feel fresh and revived and everything's all back to back to square one and they can go and, you know, get it's back to what they It's the of having your cake and then burning it off, isn't it? You think that this equals that, that if he's in Guingana for two weeks, and we love you, Richard, but if you're in, in Guingana for two weeks, then it kind of gives you permission to go go your hardest. I think, I think he's even done one month there in, in the, as oh, well. Nice. Like, I think he's done a month. Like he's gone hard and gone, oh, I've had a big year this year. I better stay for a bit longer. So... He does that sort of thing. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. And the reason why I, I say that is because the three of us have experience with, with you know, people and in this industry. And I think we are of the um, – we've we've kind of gone through our journey um, with an expectation that people, are, you know, could be or um, would be wise to be all or nothing, like commit to it, like, Put a line in the sand and though this is this is your time and this is when you begin. 
and this is how you do it. Um, and and I, as I'm getting older, um, I'm I think I'm getting softer, and um, and so I'm I'm less hard line. So someone said to me the other day, should I go gluten free? And I said, well, you know. And someone else said to me, should I be dairy free? And I was like, well, you know, possibly. Someone said, should I give up alcohol? I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And so like I'm kind of. these days I kind of feel like instead of me putting people at the front of the classroom and throwing chalk at them or the chalk duster and then making the right lines, I feel like these days um, I'm holding them by the hand and saying, okay, come along for a little bit. You know, these are the things that we should be considering at the moment because this is where you want to be. Do you think there's anything else that you could do? And if there is, then great, let's do it. If you don't, then that's totally fine. And so when somebody says to me, Dave, I need some nutrition support, I go, do you really? And if they go, yeah, yeah, I really do. And then I'm likely to like, you take them on and then I'll, I'll help them. But if somebody says, oh, you know, what's the sort of diet that I should be doing, you know, these days, what's the trendy thing to do or whatever it is. And it's a flippant kind of comment. I'm nowhere with it. Like I just let it go yeah. through. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm baited and ready and waiting for people to initiate some kind of change, not necessarily go balls and all. Like I'm mm-hmm. just going, all right, some, yeah. kind, some kind of change. But I, I, I totally resonate with that, Damo, and I feel very much the same, you know. I used to personally be a lot more hedonistic and, and polarised and, you know, swing that way. Not in that sense. Um, <laughs> 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 what I'm digging a hole for myself. Well, uh, all or nothing. I was very much all or nothing throughout my 30s and now I'm in my 50s and I'm a lot more measured. But also my advice to people is a lot more measured, particularly around things like gluten-free. I mean, there is so much sensational sourdough around, you know, beautiful sourdough all around the country, all around the world. Just as an example, if you're not gluten intolerant, why would you give that up? I mean, it's just stuff of life and the stuff of life, isn't it? So I feel that that softening around the edges maybe for us comes with a little bit of more experience but also with age and wisdom and but like you, I also gravitate to that sort of island lifestyle as well. And I think that helps us relax more. And of course, with that comes all that beautiful parasympathetic nervous system response, mm-hmm. which looks after our digestion, lowers our cortisol, all the things we talk about, all that hormonal reaction, and calms down, you know, so many other um, heightened receptors in the body if we take the pressure off ourselves and we see so much of this now so much of this mental stuff this stress within the mind that's not just reactive stress you know situational stress it's constant um, monkey of the mind and that internal dialogue I should be this I should be that I should be thin I should be fat I should be rich I should have <laughs> I eat breakfast I shouldn't eat breakfast I yeah yeah breakfast. yeah yeah first thing I should have yeah yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, do what you want. Is it harming you? You know, and perhaps we need to work and our advice maybe can be to our friendly clientele is to get them to tune in a little bit more and be more intuitive about what does their body need. And I know we say that as a throwaway line from Mullumbimby, but if we really strip it away, it's it's still so valid, isn't it? It's like, what do I feel like eating? I, I do need a smoothie today, you know. Yeah. It's really hot out there. Yeah. Something really cold but nurturing that can get me through, you know, a day in the office. And this is the thing. I've got a question and a comment. I'm always telling the kids, do you want sweet or savoury? Is it water rich or dry? 
Um, is it fats, proteins, or carbs? Like, just listen to your body. Don't just look at the pantry because you're bored. Actually, listen to your body. A couple of other things. Um, I want to ask you this before we wrap. You mentioned earlier that people can create for themselves, in your terms, a mythical healing crisis. And so is this a result of, are people bouncing, I've written down here, are we bouncing from diets to cleanses to fasts to biohacks? And we're essentially putting all of this stress and pressure on our body. We don't yeah. actually have a lifestyle. We just have a combination of biohacks and fasts and cleanses and diets. And our body's going, Whoop! <laughs> and then we have almost a mythical healing crisis. Is that what you were getting at there? That, yeah, absolutely, Marcus. Absolutely, you know, I think because we just get into such a state and there is so much, um, hardly research out there, but there's so much information on the internet that all of a sudden we're following this pathway and then we look at, you know, a Kardashian or someone on the Emmys, you know, recently at the time of recording and they look so fabulous and they've only been drinking water for seven months or whatever. It's like, well, of course they're going to look <laughs> probably a little bit hungry at the same time. So I really do think we need to address, you know, listen to our heart, listen to our digestion and our body, get our head to be the secondary organiser of that, you know, really tune into the gut stuff that we talk about. You know, where are we feeling heavy? Is it for, you know, women of my age, upper body, upper arms, around the belly, you know, we're dragging ourselves up the stairs. Do we need to work on some of that, you know, muscle mass around there to help us improve our posture and alignment and so forth? Are we holding too much water, you know, looking at some of those signs and symptoms rather than going, you know, I'm going to be gluten-free and I'm only going to drink wheatgrass this month and come back to me on the 1st of February with a cocktail and let me know how it's all going, you know. I love it. There is so much to talk about. As always, we have uh, juiced all of the uh, juice out of this lemon. I've got one more thing for you, though, Sammy. You are the world's number one wellness chef. You are clearly entering the legacy phase of your career because you've created a new program called The Wellness Chef for people that want to take your job, Sammy, and become the next number one speaker at the Global Wellness Summit and to have all kinds of uh, tours around the world. You want people to take your job at uh, Guingana. You want people to take your job at um, the Four Seasons. You want people to take your job. You've actually created a program for people to learn how to do what you do. Can you share with the listeners that want to be a wellness chef like Sammy Gowing, um, what they can do and how they can get to work with you. Sure, sure. So the, the URL is wellnesschef.au for Australia, AU, if you're curious. And I've literally been compiling over some time, over um, the last couple of months, in fact, a couple of years, diluting a lot of my content and my information and my mentoring programs into an online learning program. That's a self-study course. There's no assignments, no assessment. It has modules about self-publishing, which is what I've worked with. When we talk about the Guingana Gourmet, I helped them self-publish, um, curated the recipes that the chefs put together, editing and so forth. So a lot of people want to know how to do that. They also want to know how to market themselves. They want to know how to write a recipe or write a cookbook, and where and when they can use some nutritional information. Now, as a qualified nutritionist, I can obviously wax lyrically about it, but if you're a lay person, you can't always make claims about certain nutrition 
components. And then we look at a little bit of plant-based eating as well and dispersing and diffusing and debunking a couple of myths around food and wellness. So it's very unique because it's unique to my experience and of 35 years in hospitality. There's things like spreadsheets for kitchen systems and so forth. So it's industrial, but it's also for the everyday practitioner in process and progress. Love it, love it, love it. Sammy, you're an absolute joy. We'll pop the link to that in the show notes. We thank you so much for being a great part of our 100 Not Out family. Um, All our love to you and Normie. And until we speak again, Sammy Gowing, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Happy New Year. Year. Damo, as always, thank you for your wisdom on the podcast. Great man. Thank you, PC. Yes, great, great questions and great to have Sam back with us again. And I love that she got a little book that's in her back cabinet there. Um, if you're watching this on the video, you'll see that it says Staying Healthy with Nutrition. Um, that's the Haas second edition. I had that same one. Um, now, it's not because I can read that far into Sam. She's up north, like in New South Wales. I can't read that far. Um, but I know that book, that that spine, like the I like yes. it's and it's the greatest nutrition book of all time. It, so. it is, Damo, and it was part of my. It was a textbook in my undergraduate in, in nutrition. That and um, Paul Pitchford's Healing with Whole Foods. Those two books yeah. changed my life. And if I pulled that out, it's full of um, you know, post notes, doggy, notes, and, and notes. yellow highlight. Yeah, oh, but it was it. life is life changing, and it's certainly um, on my hit list constantly. Damo, that is great vision by you. If you want more vision like Damo and more wisdom like Sam, continue listening to 100 Not Out. Thank you for your listenership, for your love of the podcast. Thank you for sharing it with your friends and family. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.